Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of, of podcasts. Please remember to subscribe, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. Your New York Giants wrapped up their off-season program on Wednesday with day two of their mandatory minicamp. The big story, of course, was the one player who was not in attendance. That, of course, being Saquon Barkley. Barkley still negotiating contract with the Giants, trying to come to terms on a long-term deal uh, before uh, July 17th, uh, which would necessitate him signing the franchise tag if he wants to play. That is, if, of course, no deal is reached. Uh, couple of uh, of notes about that Ian Rappaport NFL Network insider had reported on Tuesday that the Giants had put an offer on the table for Barkley basically that they had put the offer on the table that they had pulled back uh, a couple of months ago when they put the franchise tag on Barkley on Wednesday Rappaport corrected that to say that no offer is currently on the table, but that both sides are talking, that negotiations are ongoing, discussions are ongoing, both sides want to to get a deal done, but there is currently no hard offer on the table. Look, it there's a month to go before the July 17 deadline, and, and we know how the NFL works. Deadline spur action. This is going to come right down to the wire in terms of of when and if it gets done. It's not going to get done, I don't think, until July 16 or July 17. I think it is going to get done. I have put a baseline out there, I think, of three years, $39 million. Uh, the first two years of that, $26 million guaranteed. Maybe it turns into a four-year deal. Maybe it stays as a three-year deal, but I think that's a baseline to work from, an average annual value of somewhere around $13 million. Maybe it, maybe it sneaks up to 14 Who knows? But I think both sides realize that in the end, it will benefit both of them in a lot of ways to get a deal done. I think that Barkley has to understand he's not going to get this kind of money anywhere else at this point with the market the way that it is. And the Giants have to understand what kind of team that they have and what Saquon Barkley means, not only on the field, but in the locker room, in the organization, in the fan base. So all of that has to factor in for the Giants and I think a deal will get done. I do think, as I've said before, given a do-over, if you could rewrite history, I don't think Joe Shane would have drafted Saquon Barkley in 2018. I think that Joe is a 
is a general manager who buys into the running back, the, the devaluing of the running back, a guy who would prefer not to use a first-round asset on a running back. But this is the hand he's been dealt. Barkley is really, really important to the Giants, as we all know. And I do think that a deal will get done. All right, let's move on to a couple of other notes here. Just want to let you guys know before I forget to uh, to drop this in here. A little bit later in the show, you'll hear audio from Brian Dable in his Wednesday media availability. And we'll also hear audio from Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams as he talks about uh, about his, his rehab and his contract, which we'll get into here in a minute. First, just a couple of notes uh, regarding the, uh, the mini camp itself. Really not a lot to give you guys in terms of of reports on the field practice is very, very light. Uh, something that I that I did want to mention, Brian Dable has said consistently throughout the offseason that one year has nothing to do with the next. You're starting over. You're building a new team with new players, maybe not necessarily a completely new system, but the playbook is going to change because your players change. And uh, something that I asked him about the other day was the idea of incorporating things for new players like Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, you know, some of those guys, while still maintaining the elements of, of things that worked last year for the Giants. And he said, look, he said there is a baseline system but he said just because a play worked last year doesn't mean it's going to work this year. Just because a certain scheme worked last year doesn't mean it's going to work this year. You build it from what you think is your baseline, your baseline philosophy, and, and you go from there. And, and as you go along, you figure out what works with the players that you have at that time. So different year for the Giants, obviously raised expectations, but We'll see what uh, what the playbook looks like, and we'll see how things unfold. Just something to keep in mind that you, you don't start from nine seven and one; you start from zero and zero. And we'll see how the season unfolds. Dable said that that he sent players off into their summer recess simply with the message to uh, to be smart, to take care of themselves, to be ready to go physically and mentally when training camp starts here at the end of July. Um, as I said, I can't really give you a whole lot from the on-field action. A lot of times at this time of the year, we like to be able to to look at the roster and say, you know, certain undrafted free agents might have a good chance to make the roster. You know, certain certain guys look like they might be pushing for for starting jobs in certain roles. But, you know, Dable was clear at the beginning of, of the off-season workouts that this was a, a teaching and learning type of, of situation. Maintained that all the way through. So I just don't have a lot for you guys in terms of, of camp standouts, OTA standouts, anything like that. A couple of players I'm really going to be interested to watch once we get to training camp, though, 
are guys like Nick McLeod, who appears to be converting from cornerback to safety and and appears to to perhaps have an opportunity to compete for that starting job. I'll be anxious to watch the progress of the rookies, in particular the top three guys. First-round pick Deontay Banks, second-round pick center John Michael Schmitz, and third-round pick wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Be interested to see how those guys progress through camp and if they look like they'll be able to to help the Giants You know, from week one of the 2023 season. Just a quick note about that as well. And when you draft guys, it's really, really nice if they can compete, if they can help you from week one, if they're ready to start right away. It'd be really nice if Deontay Banks was a finished product at the end of training camp. Same with John Michael Schmitz. Same with uh, Jalen Hyatt. Same with all the draft picks. But they won't be. The idea with these draft picks is that you're drafting guys that you think and hope will help you for the long term. They're not going to know everything. They're not going to be, you know, fully developed as players when we get to week one or week two of the regular season. So it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world if if the Giants decide, for example, after watching, you know, John Michael Schmitz through training camp, if they decide that at least for a few weeks, their best path forward might be to start Ben Bredesen at center for a few weeks and, and maybe Josh Azudu at left guard or something like that. Or it's not the end of the world if we don't see a whole lot of, uh, of Jalen Hyatt early in the season. And, and I know right now, the first time we see Deontay Banks get burned for a long touchdown, people are going to freak out and, compare him to Sauce Gardner and call Banks a bust and all of those things. But just one quick thing about, about Deontay Banks and about that. Sauce Gardner was taken fourth overall in the draft, first cornerback off the board, a top five in the draft selection all day long. And the way that he played as a rookie is the exception and not the rule cornerbacks generally struggle quite a bit you know in their in their rookie seasons especially early on Deontay Banks isn't going to be any exception Deontay Banks was picked 24th in the draft toward the end of the first round not fourth in the draft he's going to have his ups and downs and and I will just go on record right now as saying that I know we're going to get the Deontay Banks, Sauce Gardner comparison simply because it's the Giants and the Jets, but that really, really is unfair to uh, to Deontay Banks. All right, uh, I told you guys earlier that uh, one of the pieces of audio that you're going to hear is Giants defensive tackle Leonard Williams, and just let me preview that a little bit. Williams was uh, was asked about the neck injury that caused him to miss games last season first games he had missed in the entirety of his eight-year career, first games he had missed at least because of injury. He did miss one game uh, the week that the Giants traded for him a few years back from the New York Jets, but that had been the only game he had missed in his career. Last year was the first time he missed any action because of injuries. Williams said he did not have to have surgery on his neck during the offseason season. 
He, he rested it. He rehabbed it. He strengthened the muscles around it. And he said that right now he's fine. He feels good. He said he knew last year that the neck needed rest, that each week when he went out there and he hit people and he tried to make tackles, that he could feel the neck and he knew it wasn't going to get better until the offseason. But he said that now his neck is fine and he, he doesn't think it's going to be an issue going forward. The biggest issue with Leonard Williams right now is his contract. His $32 million cap hit is third highest in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill, two quarterbacks. So it's the highest non-quarterback cap hit in the NFL. There's been some expectation throughout the offseason that the Giants might extend his contract, might do something with his contract to lower that cap hit. To this point, they've done nothing. Williams said on Wednesday that he would really like to stay with the Giants. He would really like to continue playing with Dexter Lawrence. He would really like to continue working with this coaching staff. He doesn't want to be a, a nomad through the, the next few years of his career. He would really like to stay with the Giants. But he also said that there has been little to no discussion about extending his contract or doing anything with it. He's obviously in the final year of, of the deal that he signed a couple of years back with the Giants. So right now, uh, no real news on, on Leonard Williams. And, and I may have said this before, but as I've thought about it through the offseason, I am not incredibly surprised by that. You're looking at a player who costs a lot of money and – Leonard Williams is not going to take some sort of massive discount, especially when he sees the money, when he saw the money that teammate Dexter Lawrence got, four years, $87 million. Now, Leonard Williams is not quite the player that Dexter Lawrence is, but he's not going to take a discount to stay with the Giants. He's going to want to get paid. And you can't blame the Giants at this point for waiting, especially – Williams is 28. He's got a lot of mileage on that body. He's played a lot of snaps in the NFL. I think it's over 6,000 snaps in the NFL. Came off coming off a season where he had an injury for the first time that took him off the field. And the reality of it is that as guys age, those things don't necessarily change. They need more time off. They miss more time with injuries. They need generally to, to play fewer snaps, maybe practice a little bit less. So I really believe that what the Giants would like to do here is not touch Leonard Williams' contract at all, not push any more money into the future. I think they would like to get through the 2023 season see what Williams does, see how healthy he stays throughout the season, and then assess from there whether they would like to go forward with Leonard, William, Leonard Williams beyond the 2023 season. That at least is my expectation. I think that if the Giants really wanted to do something with Williams' contract, they would have done it by now. I think at this point, if they do anything with that deal, it's only going to be because they wind up backed into a corner where they have no other way to uh, to create some cap space that they might need to operate 
through the upcoming season. All right, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get to the audio that that I promised you guys from Giants head coach Brian Dable and from defensive tackle Leonard Williams. This is the the last time we're going to be talking to you, right? Oh, summer break here. What do you expect from your guys in the next what, six weeks or so? And what do you, you know, what do you do? What, what do you, what do you have on the agenda to, to work? Uh, get ready. Well, I would just say for those guys to come back ready to go, uh, be in shape, make sure they're they're being safe out there over the over the couple weeks. You know, rookies have a little less time than the vets, but come back ready to go, both mentally and physically. As far as Myself, you'll get a little bit of downtime, but then you're you're right back at it and making sure you're reviewing schedules and training camp practices and uh, getting a head start on some of the opponents. Uh, so get a little bit of downtime. Don't do a whole bunch. Brian, I don't think we ever asked you uh, about the, uh, the joint practice with the Jets. Yeah. Sala said the other day you guys aren't going to do that. Yep. Any reason for that? Um, yeah, we just thought this year we're going to take a break. They're practicing against a couple teams. We're practicing against Detroit. Uh, and then we play each other during the year. So kind of you know, get together next offseason and we'll probably start it back up. Brian, what, what do you think of the quality of your depth overall? And do you think it's better than it was a year ago when you walked in here? Yeah, I'd say probably tough to tell right now. We have uh, you know a lot of work to do, a lot ahead of us once training camp starts. Um, you know, the guys have been working hard. The guys that we have here have done everything we've asked them to do. And um, I think we'll have better answers for that once we once we get out there with pads on. Brian, what was Purcell's message to the team after practice yesterday? And how do you think it resonated? Uh, I think that'd be a good question for the players, but they were definitely, you know, listening. I think all the coaches were. It was great to have Coach Parcells here. You know, we talked a little bit about accountability, adversity. Um, you know, good message for the team and for the coaches. Then what does that mean to you to have him Oh, it was great. You know, he's obviously uh, an NFL legend, a giant legend, and uh, just to have him out here was, uh, I think, was great for everybody. What have you been able to glean from your team throughout the spring? Have you, you know, you, you, you've come here every year. I know you said, you know, guys don't win or lose jobs now, but sure. I'm sure you can take something from the yeah. spring of, like, what kind of roster group you have. Well, I think one of the most important things in, in spring is is the strength and condition. I think those guys have done a good job with that. And then, you know, the chemistry that you build with one another, not just on the field, but off the field, getting to know one another. We've we've signed a bunch of new free agents. We have the college guys coming in. So, um, again, it's been a good group to work with. You know, time will tell here as we as we get started in training camp. Do you see more talented roster when you look out there than maybe you did last year? I think I think time will tell. You know, every year is a different year. We'll we'll see as it goes. As a guy who's called plays for a long time, uh, uh, what is it like uh, when you know you're on the ball, when your team is running the ball well? Does that open up everything in your offense? Uh, I, you know, for us, it's it's each game is different. You know, there's been times where I've called plays and haven't run the ball and. You know, an entire half. I think that was in close to in a playoff game. It was close. So, again, we're going to try to do whatever we need to do as we figure out our team as we go through training camp. And you know, that's how we approach it. it might not be the same as, as every team, but that's certainly how we approach it. As far as um, last year with your defense, you know, low rank in run defense. I mean, how how much does that 
what's its weight point to do and everything? How much if you can't stop the run does it just make everything that much more difficult? Again, I think each game is different. You know, some games there's a lot of rushing yards and against you, and you can still find a way to win. Uh, again, we're you know we got a lot of areas to improve on. Um, you know, not just in, the, in that area and not just on defense, but on offense in the kicking game. And those are some of the things we've talked about here. Um, we're going to have to work on once we get pads on. Do you have a message to your guys in terms of the difficulty of the schedule that's in front of you? Yeah, we're not there yet. Um, you know, my message is let's go out here and have a, a good day today. Yeah. Do you think I don't think you, 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 don't, you don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, every year is a different year. Every team is different that you play. Um, so what you did last year really has nothing to do with this year. Your focus has to be on your individual improvement, your collective improvement, and just you know keeping it day-to-day approach. I know a lot of coaches are always they have a successful season or some success. They protect the next year against sort of overconfidence and stuff. How much do you feel you have to? I, mean, I know you mentioned you were very adamant about the owners meetings about how hey what did we really accomplish right we got sure. smashed in the playoffs but how much do you keep that in mind as you go through this whole process i just think you have to restart and, and build your team from from the ground up um again it's it's like we say during the season what you do one week has nothing to do with the next week what you did one year has nothing to do with this year so uh, we have to have the right mindset of improving um, each day uh, again as individually coaches players staff and as a group and that's you know that's where we we keep it jordan we don't get too far ahead of ourselves um you know there's a lot to to work on a lot to improve on and that's what we're trying to do Have you noticed the uh, chemistry or a bond between daniel and wallace yeah i think they're getting comfortable with one another i, I you know the new guys that are coming in, i think paris has done a good job with that as well um but again you know, we take it for what it's worth. There's, yeah, no, how about off the field? Um, I think that'd be a good question for those guys, um, the two of them. Brian, I, I just jumped right in and started ducking from you guys last year when you got here. How, how much does it help or help in this year, do you think, to have this? Yeah. Again, it's. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't a rookie. He had some familiarity with it. But I think anytime you're you're in the second uh, year or the third year system, you have some experiences to draw from. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be better or going to be worse because you know you have to go out there and, and do it all over again. So what are you going to do in the next six weeks? Are you going to get away from football? Are you going to? Uh, no, I'm not going to do two, the whole bunch. Um, you know, you get away a little bit, but. You know, it's a it's a different position um, than being a position coach or a coordinator. There's always stuff that comes up, so uh, I think it's important to, to take a little bit of time downtime. And but you can't get too far away from it. Darren mentioned that player input is welcome in the offense here. Why is that important to you? Uh, it's you know players are the ones that win the games. So um, you know I take all input from you know, coaches, from players. Again, maybe there's a route that, that he ran. Maybe it wasn't last year, but maybe it was three years ago that he feels pretty comfortable with that we don't have, and it'd be worth taking a look at. You know, those those guys know themselves pretty well, particularly the good players that have done it for a while. So, um, you know, again, maybe that's not everybody's approach, but that's certainly ours. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Just quickly, how do you feel about the new additions on your defensive line? Uh, I mean, I feel great about it. You know, I mean, me and Dex, um, a lot of times have to take a lot of snaps and, uh, I think this year we're going to have a, a great rotation with, uh, you know, with those guys we just added, Ashawn and, and Nunez. And, uh, you know, we trust those guys, and I don't think it's going to be any type of drop-off when, when the rotations start happening. When you looked at what went on last year on your side of the ball, when you look at the run defense, mm-hmm. what was lacking and what do you think maybe is not lacking now? Uh, it's hard to say what's not lacking now just because we haven't been in pads yet. Um, I think we have been working a lot on fits so far, which is the one thing that we can work on when we're not in pads. And um, I think that's just a matter of, of what it was last year, honestly, is just uh, make sure that we're trusting the guy next to us, make sure that we're staying in the gap that we're responsible for and uh, trusting the, that the guy, you know, in front of us, next to us, behind us is going to, uh, you know, fit his gap as well. Is it possible that a slightly fewer snaps for you and Dexter will help you be better? Because, you know, I mean, that's been the history of, you know, football. So, um, you know, D linemen are usually not taking 100% or 90% of snaps. And uh, it's better to have a rotation, keep guys fresh. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun that way when we're rotating guys and just beating up on offensive lines together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. Well, how, um, how, what do you think the addition of Bobby does to the run defense? Um, like I said, we haven't been in pads yet, so it's hard to see. Um, what do you think, knowing him as a player? Yeah, knowing him as a player, I think he just applies a lot of good leadership. Uh, he's very vocal. He seems confident in himself and trusts himself. And I think that alone um, is a good presence on the on the defense, especially at, at linebacker. Uh, you know, they have to be the quarterback of the defense, and uh, he's been really good job at uh, being vocal and, and speaking up, and, and he just really looks locked in and ready to go. How was your Oh, it was good. Um, I think during the season, it was just hard for it to, to recover just because every time I made a tackle, I would it was, I would feel it, you know, and uh, it wasn't really going to go away until the season ended. So, um, you know, I've had a few months off now since since football and I, I've been back in the weight room and I haven't been feeling it at all. Uh, so I just, you know, that's now that I'm getting older, that is something that I have to pay t- more attention to, though, is just my recovery and my body. No, I didn't need surgery. Uh, I rested it, uh, strengthened it, did a lot of like shrugs and like neck exercises and stuff like that to try to strengthen around it. Uh, but most of all, in the beginning, it just needed rest. Like the constant banging on it was just not letting it go away. Did you have any kind of extra padding or release uh, Brian Cox style? <laughs> Probably not Brian Cox style, bro. <laughs> Yeah, so actually near the end of the season, I started wearing a small type of role that uh, it was hard for me to get used to. I had to change it up a little bit in practice uh, just because sometimes I'd get in my stance and try to look up and it was restricting my vision. Uh, but I finally found that sweet spot of, you know, something that's going to protect me when I make a hit and something that I can like, also see in my stance. And uh, I think I'm going to like keep using that so that it just doesn't happen again. When is the back you know the league is it scary maybe more than more so than other injuries it, it's it is a little scary um i think last year was also my first year ever missing a game so i think that was hard on me um it was hard to like sit on the sideline and like see my team like going at it uh when i wasn't able to help out and uh it was hard that like when i was trying to help and like was going it was still happening um 
but you know, it's part of the game and that's what we all sign up for. And uh, we know that it's possibly gonna happen at some point. And uh, luckily it's happened later in my career than sooner. And uh, you know, luckily I also feel good right now and I haven't been feeling it since I've been able to strengthen it and, and let it rest. What's Nacho's personality in the room like? Uh, I've known Nacho for a while now. We went to the combine together, uh, two old heads. <laughs> and, uh, so I've actually known him for a while. He has a great personality. He's a very outgoing guy. He fits in our room perfectly. He fits in the defense perfectly. And uh, you could tell he has some experience under his belt. Um, there's a lot of times where, you know, not only is he helping out with the younger guys, uh, we establish that type of room where we hold each other accountable as vets as well. So. You know, even though he's new to the team, he still sees stuff uh, that he can help out on and, and will be vocal about it. Which, if I, re if I remember his Zoom call, he really takes pride in stopping the run. Yeah. Does the D-line need at least one guy who really loves that part of the job? I mean, hey, that's that's something that Coach Dre and D-linemen always talk about is you have to earn the right to rush the passer. And, uh, you know, being a D-lineman, stopping the run comes first. And uh, you're not going to be able to pass rush until you do that. So. You know, having a guy like him that's going to be able to do that is, is, is hot, is good. We know how close you are to Dex. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, when did you learn about his contract? And what was your reaction to him? <laughs> uh, I forgot how exactly I seen it. I think I seen it online or something because he was obviously busy. Like, he probably had to fly in and sign it and all that stuff. I remember that process. So it's like he probably got blew up a bunch. I didn't want to bother him at the moment. But when I finally found out, I mean, I was so excited, so happy for that guy. He, it was so deserving. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see that he's able to continue his career here. Yeah, I mean, for a while, you know, uh, I was like big brother to him. And I was like taking care of the, t the tabs and like inviting him over to my house and stuff like that. So like since the contract, I'm like, you know, when you invite me over and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty funny. Two or three times you've said, I'm old, it's late in my career. <laughs> I mean, they had a look, you're 28. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. are you feeling older? Are you considering retirement? Or I'm definitely not feeling older. Uh, we have this chart with our GPS trackers that like shows our like high end speed and short 10 yard sprints and stuff like that. And I'm like, I pride myself in always being first on that list. You know what I mean? It's like, I still have my explosiveness, I still have my power. Uh, honestly, I feel like I'm knowing the game more and I still have a lot more years in me. I, I just joke around about the, the age thing because this is a young team, you know what I mean? So your, cap, your cap hit, well, mm -hmm. not really your problem or you're doing, uh, is really high this year. Mm -hmm. Have they talked to you about it or talked about possibly doing something in the future? Is that something you'd be open to? Uh, there hasn't been much talks about it this offseason. Um, I'm obviously open to staying here. Um, I, I think I have a good... Uh, camaraderie with my teammates. Um, I would love to keep playing with Dex. I would love to keep playing with these coaches that I've gotten to know. And, uh, you know, I'm also not, not one of those type of players that wants to bounce around team to team. And, you know, I want to be able to be here and been through the grind and the struggle of, of being with the Giants, you know, since I've been here and and coming out on the good end and, and eventually getting a ring with them. with this coaching staff. Is there more comfort? Is there more fun that you can have because you actually know these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a huge difference. Uh, I think that's something about the league that I had to get used to when I first came out of college is the constant changing of the coaches and the, and the new building. And, you know, that that's kind of you have to reestablish yourself almost every time that happens. And, uh, 
you know, now that we had this coaching staff, it's like, well, I feel like we've created a identity last year and now we're coming in and just like knowing what it is. You know, we know what type of coaches we have. We know what type of environment it is. We know what type of like camaraderie we have. And it just makes it like smoother going through the, all of this this year. Leo Dex was talking yesterday about how y'all can know what each other means without it saying something you can kind of understand each other. When did yeah. that first start? And can you give us an example of maybe when you're on the same page? I mean, it honestly just happened today, which is pretty funny. Um, and it's funny they said that, but uh, Dex was like the first guy that hit me up when I got traded here. He reached out to me on Instagram, like sent me his number. And, you know, he told me that he was excited to have me on the team. When I finally met him, he told me that he watched my tape when he was in high school, made me feel old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think ever since then I came into the building, he was the first guy that gave me that type of energy. And like since then, we've been like really close. And there's seriously will be times in a game where like, you know, if I if I feel the center is jumping hard on me or the guard setting deep, I can kind of like look at him and like we'll know to like run like a pick stunt or something like that. And I could seriously just look at him and he'll just like nod his head and we'll like know exactly what to do. And I think like having that type of uh, chemistry goes a long way in the trenches. What was it that happened today? Uh, there was just like something we noticed about a player on the field and we talked about it early on and then it came, it happened again. And I just looked at him and he came up to me and was like, yeah, like he ta started talking about it. So, you know, it was a small detail, but that kind of builds the chemistry, you know. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you as always for watching or listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.